When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Feminism, 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 feminism ruins everything. It's a feminist podcast. Hello and welcome to Feminism Ruins Everything. We are the feminist podcast where we give critiques to movies, musicals, and pop culture phenomena and potentially ruin them. Potentially, we would like to acknowledge that we are recording this episode on stolen Ghana land. We would like to pay our respects to all elders, past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. We also want to acknowledge that this is the first time that Ellis and I have ever recorded an episode where we haven't been in the same room. Um, because yeah. if you're not up with your uh, latest COVID news, Adelaide, South Australia, currently in a little bit of a lockdown, a circuit breaker, if you will, where we just have six mm-hmm. days where we've basically just shut the city down. Um, and hopefully the little cluster gets under control. Really nice to um, have a government that takes this seriously. Um, yeah, it, it, it is somewhat comforting to, to see how, how quickly the government has responded to this. And uh, we definitely think that it's the right idea to mm. do something like this. I was texting my best friend in America this morning and I was like, hey, just letting you know, like, um, I've gone into lockdown for six days. And her response was, what's it like to live in a country that values human life? And I was like, oh, Ooh. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. That's too real. Yeah. That's too accurate. So, uh. um, <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're pivoting a bit and we're having our first ever Zoom podcast, but it is very nice to be in a, uh, in a jurisdiction that actually takes this seriously. So that's yeah. nice. So to all of our Adelaide listeners listening to this during uh, our, our very brief lockdown, um, hang in there. You're doing great. To all of our Melbourne listeners, we have no idea how you did it for so long. We admire you. Um, mm. You're all amazing. 100%. Um, and, and to our American listeners, um, please stay safe. I'm sorry your governments are not doing more than they are. Yes, it's really bad. So we thought, what better way to take out our frustration of being locked indoors for six days, which again, in the grand scheme of things, not too bad. Um, but what better way to vent our frustration than to take it out on a really, really shit movie? <laughs> oh, I don't know how you talked me into this because not only is this movie terrible, but it's mm. a terrible Christmas movie. Yeah, and, and you don't like Christmas. I do not like Christmas. So, like, the way you pitched it was quite well. You're like, hey, Ellis, there's this new movie... Everybody says it's terrible. Mm. Let's rip into it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds pretty good. That sounds like a good way to, to vent uh, <laughs> about the, the, the upcoming lockdown. But you didn't factor in the fact that you'd actually have to watch it? Yeah, didn't didn't cross my mind at all. Like it opened with a bad Jingle Bells cover and I was instantly regretting every decision I'd ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not sorry. Uh, I think... Spark notes for anyone that hasn't seen Holiday, don't do it um, because we're <laughs> just about to tell you everything that happens and none of it's good. Um, so, like, we watched it so you don't have to. If you haven't seen yeah. it, you'll have all of the relevant information and context that you need from the very bare bones premise and storyline. Um, and if you have seen it, Sorry. Or maybe you liked it. Uh, I'm sorry. We shouldn't we shouldn't assume. Apparently 44% of people on Rotten Tomatoes liked it. So like maybe 4 <laughs> in 10 listeners, who knows. Um so if you if you have seen it, um we hope that you get joy out of us trashing its absolute lack of f- feminist merit or artistic merit for that 
matter? Yeah. I think the most offensive thing about it is that it's so bland and ordinary and also kind of reflects the way a lot of things are perceived in mainstream film. Mm. Because there's a lot of gender roles, a lot of yeah, if ever there was normalizing a movie, misogyny. If ever there was a movie that was going to be like, hi, we're just here to uphold the status quo. Um, let's not critique <laughs> any of the problematic uh, viewpoints in society. Let's just, uh, let's just uphold them. It was Holidate. Mm. Let's, let's jump into it because I, I found it to be offensive from... <laughs> From the very first line of dialogue. What was that um, first line of dialogue, Alice? Well, okay, maybe not the exact first line of dialogue, but the first line. So, so we have our, our main character, Sloane, who is uh, Emma Roberts. Mm-hmm. And she goes home for Christmas to her family. And she opens up the door and there's her mother. And the first thing her mother says to her is, this is what you wear to Christmas dinner. Don't you own a dress? Ah. immediately kind of like setting the tone for every <laughs> single comment that the yeah. mother will make for the rest of the film. Holiday, or as I like to call it, gender roles the movie. Because, see, here's, here's Sloane's uh, biggest failing as a human being, mm. uh, the thing that makes her a pariah amongst her, her loved ones. Uh, she's single. She Disgusting. doesn't have a husband. Like, how dare she? How dare she? It's revolting is what it is. And that kind of permeates through the entire film. Yeah. Yeah. So the premise is, again, because we don't want you to have to watch it. Um, the premise is <laughs> that she rocks up to her family Christmas and is berated for not having a date or being single and then she, perchance, meets this guy in a mall. He has had an equally bad Christmas with a um, a very new recent girlfriend who um, went a bit overboard in involving him in family events very early in their relationship, so that freaked him out. Um, so they meet perchance, and then they both go, you know what? We'll just be one another's dates for the rest of the year for, like, family holidays. But also just, like, holidays in general. Like, I've never thought to myself, wow, I really wish I had a date for St. Patrick's Day. But here we are. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, are you really, you're really clutching at straws. Such a specific premise like i i feel like every time they said the word holiday what they actually meant was friend they're like i would like a friend (laughs) to go do things with but because one of them's a man and one of them's a woman obviously they can't just be friends because men and women can't be friends or something yeah see when harry met sally (laughs) if you (laughs) uh if you want something that holds up that premise but also, see when Harry met Sally, because that means you're not watching Holiday. <laughs> I think we should preface this by saying this is not going to be hard-hitting feminist discussion. This is just going to be us ripping into a very easy target. And that's just kind of the outlet we, just we need, need today. To vent. So I'd like to apologize mm. in advance to Holiday for being our scapegoat <laughs> for our... <laughs> Um, current frustrations. Um, but then again, it's not very good. Probably deserves it. <laughs> we should also mention, going back to the recap of the film, that they decide to be one another's holidays over a year. It gets complicated. They catch feelings. They don't discuss it at any point. They just kind of try and manipulate one another and pretend like nothing's going on and never actually talk about it or communicate in any way. It's very unhealthy. Um, And then in the end, they finally end up falling in love and she has this big, like, reveal over a loudspeaker in a shopping mall uh, because it's dramatic because she doesn't want to end up like her Aunt Susan uh, 
who's Christian Chenoweth? Christian Chenoweth, you're way too good to be here. What are you doing? Um, oh, why are you why are you here, Christian Chenoweth? But her Aunt Susan is like, I always run away when things get serious. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to end up like my Aunt Susan. So she goes after the guy. Oh, and it's just the most, like, not even, it's not even a spoiler, because you, you know, you're watching a, a cheesy Christmas movie, you're like, well, the protagonists are going to get together, that's just formulaic, isn't it? Mm. There is nothing unpredictable about this film. The movie even calls it out, they have a bit where they rant about how lame rom-coms are, and how you know they're going to get together from the poster, but you are in one of those rom-coms, yeah. and you're doing nothing to challenge the the form or the no. convention. So why are no. you acting as if you are holier than thou, better than? <laughs> Ugh. And also, yeah, there are just so many things where they go, oh, isn't this thing cheesy? Like, oh, isn't this something that's a bit kitsch? And then they go and do it. Like when they first yeah. get together, or get together in inverted commas because it's very on again, off again. Um, she says the exact, they're like, lying in bed together in the morning and she says the exact words I hate it in the movies when they kiss in the morning it's so gross and then they immediately kiss and I'm like stop trying to be self-aware when you're not doing anything with your (laughs) self-awareness like don't call something out if you're going to then just follow the trend do it (laughs) it's it's just stupid (laughs) it's really dumb it's really dumb one one thing that stands out to me about this film is there's a lot of internalized misogyny from our mm. female characters. And that made it all the more surprising when I got to the end credits to discover that this film was actually written by a woman. And that I'm legitimately saying. surprised me because none of the women felt like people. They all felt so one-dimensional and so focused on stereotypical gender roles and like wanting to appeal to men and it was i was shocked Mm. um i think we're gonna break our critique into three main subcategories uh because we like a good structure uh and also it'll just stop (laughs) us from unloading on this film (laughs) entirely yeah i think i think we need some structures (laughs) Um, (laughs) subheading one, we're going to get into the fact that this film basically says like the takeaway and the moral of this film is women need to partner up and be in a relationship. And it's implicit in that, that it's a heterosexual relationship as well. Like you need to partner up and couple up and marry to be happy and fulfilled and worthy. Like that's the, that's the main takeaway. Um, that's critique number one. Critique number two, which I'm looking forward to discussing in detail, is the fact that the the lead man is just just spouting misogyny left, right, and center. Ah. Mm. Oh my goodness. And also the fact that the women characters are completely one dimensional. And also the the representation of racial minorities is also, bleh, trash. Oh yeah, that's that's real murky. That's not great. Mm. <laughs> Let's start off with the fact that apparently the worst sin that a woman can commit is to be single and to not be married. Because if you ask any of the women in this film, that is the case. 100%. So, it's kind of implicit in the premise of the film, but basically this main character, Sloane, just even questionable character name. Like, you don't warm to someone named Sloane, do you? <laughs> I, I recognise... I'm Sorry to all our Sloanes out there. <laughs> like, I'm sure if you were, like, owning it and you were cool... I would be super into it, but I just don't think this character is very likable. So I think that, um, yeah, it just kind of adds to that. So Sloane, there's very much this expectation in her family that 
you couple off, you get married, that's that's it. So, like, even at the first Christmas, I think it is, um, that we see in her family, her brother proposes to his partner, um, mm. and the mum's immediate reaction is two down, one to go. Like, that's not even a congratulations to the son. That's Mm. just, like, deliberately going out of your way to make your single daughter feel bad. Mm. And also, like, is that the mark that you've succeeded as a parent if you've married your children off? (laughs) Like, oh, that's... Maybe in the 1400s. Yeah, like... You know that you your children can still be trash people if they're married, right? Like, um, <laughs> maybe like care about what they're contributing to the world, <laughs> and you know, yeah, that what how they treat other people, not necessarily whether or not they've been partnered off. That's just ah, but yeah, but, that's you very but... much see the values straight away in the family of like mm-hmm. you get married. That's that's it. That's it. You're done. That's that's your only notable achievement. Yeah. To the point where Sloane's mother interrupts her at work to try and set right. her up with somebody. Like, like there's no boundaries from from the mother character because like she is like a hundred percent focused. Every single conversation that the mother has is about the fact that Sloane needs to get married, and I'm like. She needs a hobby or something. <laughs> Truly. Truly. Oh. And I think it also really, it bleeds into the fact that these female characters especially are so vapid and one-dimensional. Mm. Like, you know nothing about the mother, even about Sloane who's supposedly, like, your female protagonist. Um, You don't really know anything about her sister other than their relationship status. Like, we don't know what Sloane's job is. We don't know if she has any friends. (laughs) We don't see her interact with anyone other than her family and Jackson, who's who's her holidate, Maybe you're just unhappy because you have an unfulfilling life, not because you're single. <laughs> like, also, the mum at one point, the mum at one point says um, something to the. I think she and Jackson are talking to their mum about how they're just friends, and the mum goes, "Oh, she doesn't need another friend. She needs a husband." And it's like, a. She doesn't need a husband. Also, B. I think she actually does need some friends. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, where are her friends this whole time? <laughs> and so, like, oh, I think it's... the act- actually the inverse is true in that regard. But it's true. Like, even the sister, um, we the only thing that we know about the sister is that she is married and has kids, and wants to sometimes get away from her children, mm. and that is her character. Which leads me to another point. The fact that the whole movie is like your your life goal is to couple up and partner with somebody and get married, have children, whatever. Like a very, you know, gendered pathway. Um, but then you look at the women who are married and they're not really any better off. Like you look they're at... miserable. Yeah, exactly. You look at the sister who is like trying to like get away from her kids and like you don't see anything about her relationship other than the fact that she thinks her husband takes too good care of the children and I'm like that's that's an absurd <laughs> critique um but also you look at the relationship between the brother whose name is York why are all these children in this one family have bad given names such bad names Sloan and York I'm look. I'm not going to continue my disclaimer if, they, if that's your name. I'm sorry because it's implicit. <clears throat> I'm sure you're a cool person and own it. Um, <laughs> but 
you look at his relationship with his wife because they get married um they get married after Halfway they through the film. yeah and i think it was like around like may or june maybe because oh no it's it's after 4th of july wait is it after 4th of it's july it's labor day no they got married on labor oh, day because there was right. a big conversation about well does the holiday trump the wedding are we each other's holiday or are we going to the wedding? Because mm. that's a thing, apparently. This movie's so dumb. <laughs> but you see them, like, together and then married eventually, and there just seems to be this running through line, and I think it's meant to be a joke, but I didn't get it, about how they don't really know each other very well. Like, is that, like, a running joke that you picked up on? Because... I I did. I, I thought it was setting up something to be critiqued. I thought, because they got married quite quick. I think they'd only known each other like three months before they got mm. married, before they got engaged. And I thought that the whole constant, oh, we don't really know each other. Did you know that he played golf? We actually met yeah. at a party, not on the yeah. L train, like you thought. I thought that was setting up this idea of like, oh, no, you shouldn't rush into getting married too quickly because you don't actually know the person. And I thought it was actually going to critique a lot of the stuff that it set up. But that was me giving the film way too much credit because it does absolutely nothing. Yeah, it didn't go anywhere. It didn't do anything with that. And so you look at the women in the film that you see who are married, basically the sister and the sister-in-law, and neither of them are particularly content in their setup. And it's like... No. just maybe some consistent messaging. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or, like, if you were going to have a moment where Sloane was critical of that and sat back and went, of the women who are closest to me in my life, because apparently I don't have friends, neither of them who are married are particularly happy. Maybe I shouldn't be putting as much weight onto this concept as I am. Yeah. Just any level of self-awareness. Just a little bit, just a tiny little bit. But no, at the end, she gives the big and passionate speech and she gets together with the misogynistic prick that is Jackson Mm. and they supposedly live happily ever after. And here's, here's one more thing. And I think this will, this will flow into our discussion about Jackson being a misogynistic prick because he is, um, the thing that annoys me the most is that the whole time she is trying to brush off her mother's, like, this push that her mother has to, like, couple her off with somebody, and the whole time she's like, oh, whatever, I'm single and happy. And it frustrates me because she says that she's happy single and then she just complains about it constantly. <laughs> mm. Because, I think it probably goes without saying, because we're a feminist podcast, but, you know, we both firmly believe that you can be entirely happy and fulfilled and leave, lead a satisfying and worthy life without coupling up with somebody. <laughs> um, and if you are somebody, especially a woman who is, like, happy and comfortable in her marital status whatever being single and you feel empowered by that and you feel that that's the best choice for you like absolutely freaking go for it but if you are somebody who goes no actually that's something that I want you're allowed to be honest about that (laughs) yeah there's nothing wrong with like wanting a relationship or wanting to get married or anything like that I think the issue comes when it is, one, it's assumed that that's what everybody wants Mm, and that's what everybody's end goal should be. And it becomes an issue when, in film particularly, that's the only aspect of a character we know about. The Mm. only thing that we actually know about Sloane is that she's single and she doesn't like being single. Mm. And that's it. We don't know anything else about her. You had a good quote. Um, from when she says something about it and then Jackson says something back. Can you read that quote? She has a conversation with Jackson 
and she asks him the question, why is everyone so suspicious of a happy single woman? And his response is, in, like, instantly, because you're obviously not happy. Yeah. Like, if you were walking the walk, if you were demonstrating that you were feeling empowered in that, like, no freaking worries. But, yeah. It, it is also complicated but because also, it's so obvious that that is an ideology, maybe not the right word, mm. a, um, a perspective, a paradigm that has been pushed on her by her family. Yeah, but also his attitude towards it isn't specific. To me, I didn't read it as, like, about her because she's kind of asking a question rhetorically, rhetorically, and his response is also kind of rhetorical in the sense that there's no way that a single woman could be happy, which just made me hate him more. <laughs> and I hated him. I, hate I hated him. him a lot. I hate him. Should we, should we unload on this? I on think this I think we should. Poor guy that had the misfortune to play this really poorly written misogynistic character. Like, imagine this now, being this... your, like, American film debut, which I'm I'm just making an assumption. Like, I don't know anything about this guy. I don't even know what his name is, so now I feel bad. His name is Luke Bracey. Luke. He's an Australian actor. He's been on Home and Away, I think. Uh, to me, he looks like they couldn't get any of the Hemsworths, so they got him. <laughs> he gives me real Richard Roxburgh vibes. Like, the whole mm. time I was just thinking of him as, like, the poor man's Richard Roxburgh. Um, but maybe that's just I'm sure he's I've a lovely person. Recently. I'm sure he's a lovely yeah, person. Um, he just I did hope, not do a good job in this film. I just hope he's nothing like his character also. Yeah, but also when you've written... Because really his character is just... When you're given really, really shit dialogue, there's not a lot that you can do with that. <laughs> when you have to deliver lines like... Um, what did he say to her at the end? Like the lips that are just begging to be kissed and your eyes that I don't even know how to describe them. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> like, uh, like you didn't even try to be poetic. Like your eyes, I just can't even describe them. <laughs> mm. Insert your own adjective here that makes you swoon it's just like it's like the mad libs of romantic speeches mm. hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But, yeah. but when every other line that comes out of his mouth is just like misogynistic Crap. filth that kind of yeah. like makes everyone conform to gender roles and everything. Like, like, <laughs> so they end up going on a holiday at New Year's and they're like, there's no pressure. We're just hanging out. Essentially, they're friends. They say, let's go and be friends, but we can't call it friends because we're a man and a woman. Men and women can't be friends, obviously. I've seen when can't Harry met Sally. Uh. <laughs> but he says to her, um, your tits look amazing in that dress, and I love how it hugs your arse as well. I can say whatever I want because I don't care if you think I'm a classy guy or not. Mm. And he says that like it's a it's a relief. It's so Here's great that he's able to say these things. Oh, see, what I hear is I can say that because I don't care about respecting you because I don't intend to sleep with you. Mm -hmm. Or, mm -hmm. I don't care about pretending to respect you because I don't intend to sleep with you. That's what I hear. It, yeah. Disgusting. Actually like, disgusting. Almost every 
Everything he says is along these lines. Chicks go mental during the holidays. There's lots of conversations about people having crazy eyes. Bitches be crazy. And also, here's the thing. (laughs) Like, that whole situation that he's in at the start where he's been on, like, three dates with this girl and then he's, like, being, like, in her family Christmas and, like... They've said they aren't doing presents and she expects a present and it blows up and the mum's like, you're one of the family. Like, yes, that would be a stressful situation to be in. Um, There are better ways of handling it than spouting off misogynistic bullshit. Mm -hmm. It would have been so easy to be like, I think that we're on a very different page here. I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to leave. And also perhaps saying that before she gives you a blowjob in her bedroom. Mm. Like, he was yeah. totally fine with it when she was performing sexual favors for him. But. Interesting. So interesting. Yeah. Um, the other thing about him that I really don't like is the fact that he, like, talks about all of the food that Sloane eats because she's, like, a comfort eater. That's one part of her personality that we mm. actually know about. Um, and <laughs> the whole time he's like, oh, I don't eat that crap. I don't eat that crap. And, like, it's very shamey about it. Um, and it's like, mm. no, that stuff will kill you. Blech. Blech. Um, and it makes me mad because, A, what, sh- like, she's just being polite by being like, do you want some of my snack? Which is a nice thing to do. Um, but... The thing that makes me mad is that what she's eating doesn't affect you. You can just be like, no thanks, I'm good, rather than, don't eat that crap, and then shaming somebody else for what they eat. Mm-hmm. Not a cool thing to do. Um, but also the fact that he tries to pass it off as like, I'm an elite athlete, and so I my like minute muscle fibres, whatever, uh, I'm not a, a physio by any means, but... Uh, the fact that he tries to make it be about the fact that he's a golfer and is like, oh, I need to have like good mm. control over my muscles so I have precise hits, whatever. But then the whole time is like binge drinking like there's no tomorrow. Um, like yeah. on the, you know, the freaking the St. Patrick's Day celebrations, the Cinco de Mayo, etc. Um, but then is reckless enough to go and get his finger blown off at 4th of July. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, I would hazard a guess that maybe losing a finger would affect your golf game more than, like, if you ate a couple of potato chips. Just a hot take. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there going, it's nothing to do with you being an elite athlete. You just want to be hoity-toity all high and mighty about the fact that you don't eat quote-unquote bad food and you just want to shame other people for what they eat. So you're trash. Jackson, you're trash. And there's also the fact that this comes up at the end. As part of her big speech, Sloane says, I've stopped smoking and I've stopped eating junk food because of you. I've given up my vices because of your influence. And that moment stood out to me because it's like, Here is her saying, I have changed things and I've given things up because I want to be with you. What has he given up? How has he changed? He hasn't. It's so one-sided. And it just, like, infuriates me that there's so much, so much in this movie is put on her and expectations of her. And the men in the movie can kind of just swan about doing what they like. And Mm. when he isn't communicating to her about his feelings for her, she's somehow the bad guy. Yeah. It's all, it all falls back on Sloan. And that's so infuriating. There are a couple of other choice quotes from Jackson that I just want to pull out and uh, dissect somewhat. He also says things like human beings aren't meant to be alone on the holidays. Again, very much uh, playing into that idea that, you know, you have to partner up to be fulfilled. But also, Mm. just because you don't have a romantic partner doesn't mean that you're alone. 
like if you spend time with your family at Christmas or if you spend time mm-hmm. with your friends if you maybe got some at Christmas like you are <laughs> not alone if you're with people that you love that's kind of like that's more than enough you know so he again is just playing into that same thing of like people need to couple up to be happy um but mm-hmm. he also just makes so many and it's also his friend as well what's his friend's name neil i think excellent great um i didn't hear that once um he's the black panther neil at, at the party yeah great <laughs> Neil. Hi, Neil. Um, they just make so many broad, sweeping generalizations about genders. Like, oh, friends with benefits never mm. works because you girls get clingy. Women are hardwired to attach and procreate. Oh. I reiterate, this movie is gender roles the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. who was making this crap in 2020? <laughs> the thing is, I've got used to critiquing this stuff because a lot of the stuff that we do um, on the podcast, Ellis, is like, you know, stuff from like the 90s and the 2000s. And you're like, oh, this hasn't aged well, but like if we made it now, it'd be better. But this is the stuff that's being made now. Yeah. That upsets me. Have we not come further than this? <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently we are still stuck in these really old mindsets with stereotypical gender roles and mm. and that's that's what that's what we do. Apparently mm. this is what filmmaking is. This is a representation of men and women in heterosexual relationships in 2020. This is what they're all like. Disgusting. A couple of other miscellaneous things that I just want to draw attention to um like a whole bunch of toxic masculinity in there perpetuated by people of Mm -hmm. different genders like the sister at one point is like oh men loathe weddings um plenty of the men that i know and love love weddings weddings are great everyone loves weddings don't make broad generalizing sweeping statements about any gender yeah um but also then Coming up to the wedding, Jackson is, like, trying to get a gift. And um, they're talking about... I didn't even know what this was. I had to look it up. Um, shams? Didn't know what that is. It's a fun pillow. Basically, fun pillow. And he was like, ugh. I can't get him a pillow. That's, ugh. Unmanly. Ugh. Like, maybe maybe he wants a pillow. <laughs> maybe just get him something. Maybe presents aren't gendered. There's a thought. Hot take. Yeah. Uh, there was a moment between Sloane and Jackson where, for whatever reason, Sloane says to him, ah, oh, don't be such a pussy. And he immediately responds with, oh, it's weird when girls say pussy. And this is bad for multiple reasons. One, using the word pussy to denote like weakness or, mm. or, or, or anything like that is just wrong. Um, and two, like, who, like, she has one. How is it weird that she says it? Because, like, it's because it's misogynistic from multiple weird angles, and none of them make sense to me. Well, it's because he doesn't like her using a word that is misogynistic. He's like, oh, sorry, using that word disparagingly to associate weakness with femininity is like strictly a man's thing um you're not allowed to do that that's just a me thing (laughs) but also she's got so much internalized misogyny as well because like not only Mm. like let's just stop using a word that's meant to mean typically female anatomy as you know a sign of weakness um yeah uh, speaking of that, this tangent, but you should go and listen to a song by M. Rossiano called Flap Up because the whole premise of the song is that, like, saying grow a pair or, like, grow some balls, whatever, is a stupid way of saying be strong because, you know, 
as far as anatomy goes, they're very sensitive. And she's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> vaginas can, you know, withstand childbirth. So maybe they're the stronger anatomy that you're looking for to, um, to denote strength. And so her song about that is called Flap Up. And it's exactly, That's amazing. it's exactly what you think it is. Um, so go listen to that that's, song that's if amazing. you'd like an antidote to the word pussy being used to <laughs> denote something weak. Mim, I'm I'm sick of speaking about Jackson. He he just <laughs> he sucks. infuriates me so much. Can can we move on to um, Jackson's friend Neil? Sure. The th- the one black person in the film. I think the way that I. Th- I think my summary of the character of Neil is summed up by the way that my subconscious finished a sentence that was his dialogue. Uh, he like goes to a Halloween party and he's dressed as the Black Panther, uh, in inverted commas. And he rocks up and he's like, I'm the Black Panther. And in my mind, that sentence finished, I'm the Black Best Friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I expected him to say, and then he didn't, and I was like, "Still true, though." <laughs> yes. He so he is such a black best friend. Like we we know nothing about him aside from his relationship to Jackson, and he to me he reads like a black character written by a mm. white woman, mm-hmm. which turns out is what he is. Because at one point. <laughs> He says this, uh, and please tell me if if you can explain what this actually means. Uh, But he says, you cannot go to a wedding with a girl who has feelings for you. As a black man, I'm speaking to this. Genuinely, what does that actually mean? That's just just dialogue for a black man written by a white woman 101. That's atrocious. It's so atrocious. And like... If Ugh. we've talked about this before, but if you want a refresher, basically the the black best friend trope is icky because it um, denotes a character as a person of color, usually a black person, um, and like they just have a, a side role and they're just there to prop up a white protagonist and like it gives the illusion of diversity because you're like, oh look, there's a black person on my screen, but they have literally zero character development and they're only like characteristic is that they're there to be like the hype person for um mm. yeah a white protagonist which is um like poor representation uh, but i suppose the only saving grace in that regard is that no one has any like defining characteristics in this movie and no <laughs> one else has a character arc either so like it's not exactly unique to neil if we think that that's his name mm. i don't remember that ever being said in the movie <laughs> The Black Panther. The Black Best Friend. Black Panther. Black we, we do have a couple of other people of color in this film. Uh, one that, like, clutching at straws to commend this movie for anything. But uh, there's a character called Farouk. He's their, their neighbor. And he kind of, like, pops up as the person that Sloane's mother is trying to set up Sloane with. And the only thing that I can commend about that is that he kind of fulfills a role that in any other movie would be played by a generic white guy. Mm. And he isn't a generic white guy. Hey. And that's it. Like, yeah. yeah. Is that, is that even worth commending? <laughs> I, he was one of the characters that I disliked the least. Yeah. He's like a doctor and he's kind of funny and he hooks up with Kristen Chenoweth, so well done. Yeah, like, I I suppose the other thing is that I expected of this movie that something would be made of the fact that he was, like, had, like, South Asian descent. Like, I just expected something to be like, you know, I was just waiting for someone to be like, oh, yes, that nice Indian doctor, you know, something Mm -hmm. insensitive like that. And that never happened, and I was, I shouldn't have been surprised because that kind of should be the baseline, um, but at no point did anyone 
um, make note of his, like, racial heritage. And I thought that that was kind of, again, really clutching at straws, but I expected that to happen and it didn't, and I think it's a good thing that it didn't. Which is kind of in contrast to the the third POC in the film, who is Mm. York's fiance, Liz. Uh, They have a wedding, and, you know, there's the Sloane's family and Liz's family, and Liz is of uh, Chinese descent, I believe. And Mm. The only reason I know that is because I only... I always watch things with subtitles. Um, I don't know why. I just like it. And the subtitle for some of the bits was like speaking in Mandarin. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I made the assumption Great. that she had t- Chinese heritage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, the, but they, they have a DJ who is multilingual and mm. when that came, so he would like make his announcements in English and then make them in Mandarin. And when that first happened again, I was like surprised at the base level of, of decency that this movie was showing. And I'm like, Oh, like that stands out and it's bad that that stands out, but it's also great that this movie is kind of normalizing it until it immediately undercuts it (laughs) by turning it into a joke where none of the non-English speakers understand that the song, the father daughter dance is happening to is about sex and Uh, about it's so, and, and it's, it's very icky and very just like, Oh, you, yeah. What is it you like? Undercut... Boys, boys to men. I'll make love boys to men. I'll make love to you. I don't know the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but they. Um, it's it turns it from. They completely a, undercut it. To begin with, it's like, oh, that's that's great that you know you're representing what a multilingual wedding would look like with some level of tact that you haven't shown throughout the rest of this film, um, but then immediately backpedals and turns English as another language or non-English speakers into the punchline and the butt of the joke. Yeah. Mm. I think it's the just thing is gross. that, like, having, you know, representing a multilingual translation at an event or, like, not making a thing of a character having, like... South Asian heritage should not be surprising in any way, shape or form. Like in media that Mm. we are consuming in 2020, that is the standard and that's the expectation that we have like, like I absolutely don't think that the um, representation of racial and cultural minorities in the media that exists in 2020 is anywhere near what it should be, but it's like those things wouldn't be noteworthy in other media. It's just the fact that everything else in this movie is trash from a progressive perspective. So when something happens that you're like, hey, that actually has some progressive merit, it it's really, it's starkly contrasted to everything else you see. Mm. Truly wild. And even those, even those few moments, the movie seems to undercut as just like, oh, we don't want to do anything too progressive, quote unquote. Mm. It just yeah. Man, or, this movie makes me sad. Yeah, I'm really sorry I made you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but also now, think of all the people that don't have to watch it because they've heard us speak for an hour about how crap it is. That's true. You're That's welcome. True. You're listeners. welcome. <laughs> Min, does this film pass the Bechdel test? I was literally about to ask you the exact same question. (laughs) Except you got in before me. See, we're so in sync, even when we're apart. But we would have said that at exactly the same time. It's just the Zoom delay. The, yeah. Is this friendship? I think so. Uh, (laughs) Does Holiday pass the Bechdel test? I would say absolutely freaking lutely not. No. Because the only like, times... A hundred percent not. 
any of the women are talking, they're either talking about their husbands or their potential husbands or their lack of husbands. And that's it. <sighs> and it annoys me There's because nothing. This, this writer is a woman and she knows that women talk about things that aren't just their husbands. Yeah. This movie's trash. Don't watch it. Just don't watch it. If if you're looking for like a bad rom com to watch, there are better ones than this. Don't waste your time with this. The annoying thing is that like were it a bit worse, it would be fun to hate watch. Yeah. But it's just not quite it just takes itself a little bit too seriously to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, if it knew... Like, if it were, like... What are those shit um, horror films called? Like, B Yeah, movies? B movies. Schlock films? Yeah. Like, if it were one of those, but for a... Like, they know that they're bad, but they own it because they know that people will enjoy watching something that's shit. But this is just... Yeah. It just takes itself a little bit too seriously to be able to watch... So I just watched it and was just mad. Yeah. It has an air of arrogance about it because it's like, oh, we feel like we're doing it better than a normal rom-com would be. And we're going to make fun of all the things that rom-coms do while doing those things. It just doesn't make sense. It's even worse it's than Enchanted. A... <laughs> <laughs> Enchanted. Yeah, at least Enchanted to... was fun to watch. Yeah, at least Enchanted's got some good songs and Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey. Oh, Amy Adams. And Idina Menzel is there. <laughs> and Idina Menzel's there. Well, we had Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, yeah. How the Does Mighty Have Fallen. make up for it? We've got the other... I hope she got paid bitch. a lot. Me too. I really hope she got paid a lot for Just that Just the film. whole time I was like, Kristen, you're better than this. Why are you here? Why are you in this movie? Oh. Oh, and I, I just want to point out, because it, like shocked me to to realize this the um so jackson's date at the beginning of the film is played by uh, amy carrero and amy carrero is the voice of adora and she-ra in she-ra and the princesses of power which is an incredible show and it kind of broke my heart to learn that she was that bit role at the beginning of the film because she is so good in she-ra and so much better than this film like so much better and, like, the fact that she was playing such a sexist stereotype of a woman who is, like, yeah. you know, too obsessed with the some, someone she's had three dates with. And, like, she's the bitches be crazy character. I mean, I, I'm I, sure that <laughs> I hope she got paid for it. And, like, in 2020, do you really, do actors really get so. an opportunity to pick and choose what projects they take on because heck they're few and far between oh definitely so not. like it's not a reflection on her it's a reflection on the fact that in 2020 when we're in a fucking pandemic and you know artistic projects are few and far between this is the crap that's being made <laughs> this is what gets over the line like this is a line that she has to say at the beginning i don't my notes for this is, I don't know why this line seems relevant. I just think it is. Uh, mm. She says, you know me well enough to come in my mouth, but you don't know me well enough to get me a Christmas present. And I don't know why I felt that line was relevant to the discussion. I just felt like it was somewhere. I guess it kind of shows like Jackson's um, priorities. Yeah. Yeah. And the kind of respect that he gives his potential partners, even those that might be going a little overboard with Mm. holidays. And as somebody who gets being freaked out by things going overboard at the holidays, I get that. But even then, you don't have to be a dick, Jackson. Yeah. But Ellis, you're not a misogynistic prick. So, like, that's the distinction. Aww. That's the nicest thing Mm. anyone's ever said about me. It's a low Ellis bar, Dolan, but it's not a misogynistic bar. prick. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Ellis, I don't even need to ask this because we've been upfront about this from the start. But do we rate or ruin 
holiday. Well, now that I've actually had a chance to think about it and think about the ways that it subverted the expectations of ruin it, we're ruining it. I want to ruin it so much. Um, at some point, maybe like after we've been doing episodes for a year, or maybe on some like milestone, I want to make it like a chart of like where we've rated things or ruined them on a on a spectrum. Yeah, that's a good I idea. I think that would be fun. And I just think I agree. I just think that holiday's gonna fare very badly. Like I can't remember oh, us ruining something quite this badly before. Because <laughs> the thing is, we set out to do that. It's it's fun when we you know tear into stuff. I mean, it's it's cathartic for us at least. I don't know if you enjoy it, but <laughs> <laughs> we feel good it's, about it at the end. It's got a lot of my frustration out. Today. A weight off our shoulders. <laughs> Um, friends, speaking of, you know, things that we ruin, uh, if you've got any suggestions for anything that you would like to hear us, uh, critique coming up, please hit us up. Uh, Mm. we're interested to hear what you would like to hear us, uh, do an episode on. Uh, and Ellis, if people would like to get in touch, how can they do that? Well... First, they can holidate doesn't get a fancy little cute reference thing because nothing in it was worth referencing. <laughs> or you can message us. You can find us on Facebook. We are Feminism Ruins Everything dash It's a Feminist Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Feminism Ruins Everything Pod. Uh, if you have any uh, comments about the show, please send it to there, not to our personal messages we we just prefer to kind of handle everything through the the official account um or you can uh, support us on patreon uh go to patreon.com slash feminism ruins everything pod amazing um i'd like to leave with a closing thought that's not relevant to feminism oh maybe it is <laughs> there it's a tenuous link to feminism but It was just a really strong opinion that I had when watching this. Mm. I just don't think unless, unless you are the movie Bridesmaids and your cast includes Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph, I just don't think you can get away with a scene where someone shits themselves. Like just not after, not after Bridesmaids nailed it. Like I think Bridesmaids set the, (laughs) you know, set the standard and, I just, I think anyone can uh, try to do that. Unless you're going to make it that good. Yeah. I mean, I've got nothing else to say. Just, That's, just that kind just, of sums up the whole movie, doesn't it? Like, if, if you think that your movie is going to benefit from a scene where someone almost shits themselves, I think that's uh, everything you need to know about this film. Mim, I don't like this recording on Zoom podcast distance thing. I don't like it. I miss you. I know. I miss you too. Well, hopefully after a six-day lockdown, we can hang out next week as well. I hope so. Here's hope. Everybody in in South Australia, take care of yourself. Everybody everywhere, please take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, Masks are good. It's been a hard year. But, yeah, washing your hands is good. Holidate is not. (laughs) Feminism ruins everything Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt Now imagine them getting even softer over time That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets In a recent customer survey 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.